0: Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're going to just finish up this series here in wisdom and uh, see if it doesn't make a change, see if it doesn't make a shift in, in your life here. So uh, one of the the tagline here on the bottom is leveraging the power of your everyday decisions. Let's Just sink in for a second because I want this to to really ram home today, leveraging the power of your everyday decisions. So we're going to put a lever in, and we're going to create leverage in every moment, not just in the big thing. So a lot of times, you know, business people or even uh, in our personal life, we go, oh, man, if I could just get that one big break, right? We put the lever in to get the big thing. We're like, oh, this is going to happen. That's why we play the lottery. But people that play the lottery, lottery actually don't win. People that win in life, they learn how to leverage every moment. And so we're talking about some very simple things to try to create leverage in your life. And, and the first thing is understanding that wisdom is valuable. And to gain wisdom, you first have to get understanding. You've got to go after it, and you've got to expand your knowledge and understanding. When you do that, then you have an opportunity to apply that reality, the truth, to your life, and it makes you wise. Wisdom is a fruit. It's what you see in your life, right? And then we see, uh, like, okay, so we're talking about leveraging every moment. So we understand we need truth and understanding. We need to apply it rightly. How do we do that? So the truth that one of our awesome ministers, Ryan Anderson, Sewed in to this series was this concept of how to ask the greatest question ever. Right? You want to leverage every moment and every decision? You ask this question Holy Spirit, is it wise? Then do whatever you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to do, not what you want to (laughs) do. Is it wise for me to go to Dankerich today? Probably not. Okay, ask the Holy Spirit. Understanding. The power of time. (laughs) Some of you didn't get that. All right. There's a powerful move in time going on. It's time is at work. It's working for you, against you all the time, right? And when you and I learn and begin to understand how it's working, then we begin to take advantage of time rather than time is now taking advantage of us. When we do that, we leverage every moment. Over long periods of time, it creates this thing called the compound effect. It's where we begin to benefit from our past decisions as well as our current decisions. And they start to pile up and they're all at effect at the same time. So in one moment in time, I've now leveraged thousands of moments in time and they're multiplying in my benefit or they're multiplying against me. Depends on which direction you've been sowing in your life either positive or negative, negative. and this is this concept in the compound effect that's called gradual, 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 sudden, and that's how everything works in life. I tell him the story about my father who is just turned 69 in August, which blows my mind. If he walked in, you'd go, hey, there's Chuck Norris. But they'd be like, oh, no, that's Josh's dad. Like, that's how closely they look alike. Okay, he looks a lot like Chuck. And, uh, but his name's Steve instead. So <laughs> he's a great guy. But he's made a lot of really wise decisions in his life. And, you know, not everybody does this, but he's grown his own garden. Ever since I was a tiny little peanut, we had our own garden. And he eats all fresh, organic, grown out of his own garden, vegetables his whole life, exercises. I mean, he's not like... Crazy or nothing, but he's just been, doesn't eat a lot, hardly any sugar in his life. He just has eaten healthy his whole life. He's 69 and he looks like he's 55. And I know other people, people that are close to me, that they're the same age and they look like they're 99. Gradual, 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 sudden. All catches up to you and all the compound effect of those decisions are working for you or against you. It's the error in judgment, the slight error in judgment, thinking that the small things, the easy things to do, the easy things not to do, don't matter. But when you decide they do matter, it changes everything. So what if I was to tell you this, that there is something that you could take with understanding these principles, you could apply it to your life, you could take it everywhere you go, no one can steal it, and it has the power to to affect every outcome and every circumstance in your life in a positive way. It will get you on the success curve guaranteed every single time, would you want to know what it is? And would you give me $5 for it if I (laughs) sell you right now? Okay, I'm not selling you something. I'm leading you to something. Would you want to know what that is? Well, it's real. And we're going to talk about it today. Here's the good news. Is every single one of you can have it. Nothing can keep you from it. The only thing you have to do is choose. You get to choose it. So the power is in your hands. And you can say this, I've got the power. Okay, just feel that. (laughs) Here's the bad news. The bad news is that your maximum effort, as hard as you want to work, if you don't apply this to your life, if you don't choose this, you can work as hard as you want maximum effort, you will not be able to overcome its power in your life. doesn't matter how talented you are. You can be the most talented, dynamic, skilled person in this entire room, in the city, in the state. You cannot beat the power of this thing working in your life if you don't choose it. Your best strategy You could be the best strategist in the world to try to solve this and work away, create a workaround. You can't do it. It's not possible. So, do you want to know what it is? The slow roll. Come on. Slow rolling you. If I was selling Ginsu 2000s or X Turbo somethings, you'd be buying them right now. Okay. Here it is it's your attitude. It's your attitude. Your attitude is the most powerful element in the equation of your spiritual life. I know that this sounds like overdrawn. It's true. It affects your prayer life. If you have a negative attitude and you go into prayer, "Mm, not going to be very effective. Okay? You want to be a pastor, you got a negative attitude, you're going into that space, not going to be very effective. You want to teach. You want to teach the word, but you're always looking at the negative. You have a bad attitude about people or whatever it is. You lean into that space. Not going to be very good. You're a business person. You're a team leader. I don't care what you're doing. You lean into that space or the bad attitude. doesn't matter how talented you are, how skillful you are. People are going to not like being around you. One of the most powerful guys in our generation's name is Steve Jobs. Steve, Stevie, super powerful guy, terrible attitude, terrible attitude, people, they talk about what it was like to work for the guy, they just hated it, but they all made money, so they stayed, people leave and come and go, and it's just like, oh, this is the worst, but I'm making money, so I guess I'll stay around this guy, but he was just like mad, he was mad, all right, so let's look now, unfortunately, a lot of us have this struggle. We struggle in our life from season to season thinking, one, we can get around this. Two, sometimes we just struggle with a bad attitude, don't we? And it begins to affect us and our families and our work environments. Sometimes we all fall prey to the, to the, to the negative attitude, right? <clears throat> but let's look at what the Bible says about this. The Bible says this in 1 Peter's Peter Peter's. Just like First Peter's. It was more than one Peter that wrote the book, apparently, in my world. First Peter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, watch this, arm yourselves with the same attitude. Since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. So what did Jesus accomplish? He overcame sin. How did he do it? He suffered in his body. And he arm yourself with the same attitude that Jesus had to be able to overcome sin. When Jesus was in the garden and he was pressing in, what was he thinking about? What was he seeing? What was the prize in his eyes? Well, it, yeah, was it himself? Was he looking at, "Oh, it's me. Oh my gosh, it's going to be the way to the sin of the world and I'm going to be whipped and beaten." Okay. Look, look, he he knew that was happening. That's why he was like, "Ah." Oh. But what did he put his eyes on? "Father, not my will, but your will be done." And you know what the will of God was? You know he was looking at? Do you know what the prize was? The prize was you. You were in his eye. You were the one he was thinking about that day. And he was looking at you and he saw your face because he knew you before you were formed and you were in his heart and he's going, you're worth it. See, it's what he saw that changed his attitude. Wasn't the circumstances. So many times we are always looking for the circumstances to be, oh, get those all right and then I'll have a good attitude. Well, why is, your, why is your attitude so stinky? Well, because you, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Because that thing just didn't go the way I wanted. Because I don't have all the stuff I need. Well, Jesus, he wasn't having the best day. I don't know about you, but I don't think any of y'all got crucified. <laughs> It's about what he decided he would see. The Bible's telling us, Peter's saying, arm yourselves with this kind of attitude. It's a weapon in warfare to cause yourself to be effective in the kingdom. Get armed. You gotta arm your attitude. How do you arm your attitude? Ooh, Ephesians 4.22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. Okay, so we got an old person that when we get saved, we're coming away from. That old person has a mindset. That old person has a way it sees, a way that it feels, a way that it thinks things are right. That's so, saying. We gotta put all that stuff away. We have to step away from that. Verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind you have an attitude in your mind. In fact, your attitude, it isn't like an organ, right? It's my attitude organs acting up today. Oh, that's why I'm having such a bad attitude. It's just somebody applied some pressure on that organ and it's, it's not the way it works. Your attitude's in your stinking mind. It's here, and guess what? Guess who has control of your mind? Hopefully it's not the devil. It's you. You have control of your mind. You get to choose. What do you get to choose? Guess what? You and I get to choose to put on this new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what verse 24 says. Ephesians four twenty-two through 24. 1 Peter 4, 1. The renewing of your attitude. So guess what? The truth is in the kingdom. The truth is in Christ. The truth is in the word. And we get to bring our mind, our life, our self into alignment with it. And when we begin to see the way he sees, all of a sudden it changes the way we see, right? Which changes the way we feel. And guess what? Your attitude comes from your feeling-based center. If I feel good about you and I think you love me and like me then when you look at me and we're here today and we're hanging today I I have good feelings and when I have good feelings is it easier to have a good attitude yeah but if I show up and I kind of think you don't like me and you think I smell or I'm weird or you know I think that you I just think that you think I'm you know not awesome then when you're sitting here looking at me, I'm going to start kind of feeling like not so positive because I think you don't like me. And especially if you give me one of these, like, (laughs) I'll be like, ouch, that kind of (laughs) hurt. But if you're my daughter or if you're somebody who's really close to me and I haven't really seen a dude do that before, (laughs) but usually a girl's there. Give you those like, (laughs) like a sassy little sister would do to you, right? I got some sisters in here that are like that. But if I think you love me and you do that, that's going to be endearing to me. And it's going to be, it's our inside joke. It's going to be actually part of our friendship. And I'm going to think, that's actually going to make me feel good feelings, right? But it's all about what I choose to see. What do you choose to see? This is it. What do you see? Now look at this photo here. <clears throat> what do you see? Now look at this photo here. This is Nick Vujicic, whatever his name is, okay? Vujicic, Vujicic. Vujic. Vojicic. There it is, Vojicic. I wrote it out phonetically because I'm like, I can't figure that out. I listened to him say it like a whole bunch of times. I'm like, hooked on phonics, work for me. Okay. Vojicic. So what do you see here? You're like, Pastor, I see a dude with no arms and legs. Yeah. Okay, so you see a guy with no arms and legs. This guy's got no arms and legs. Born that way. What's that make you feel? Sad? Kind of sad? He's missing arms and legs. That's kind of... He didn't get a walk. He wasn't able to climb. He couldn't feed himself. He, you know... He can't walk around and hold a girl's hand. I mean, this guy missed out on all kinds of things, didn't he? Can't ride a bike. He wasn't able to do all kinds of things. Does that make you feel a little sad for him? Yeah, okay. So I'm feeling sad for Nick. And you know what? I might even just offer up, man, you know what? I'm going to pray for that guy because he's suffering so much because he doesn't has no arms and legs. And you know what? I actually think, man, this guy might need some money. How does he even provide for himself? So now out of my feeling, I see see him as a guy with no arms and legs. And I see him as a person who is suffering and has all kinds of loss. And so I'm having these feelings that I want to actually reach out. So now I begin to act. I act in prayer, in sympathy, and maybe even throw a couple bucks in the mail towards the guy. Is any of that stuff wrong? No, that's not wrong. That's just what I chose to see. What if I choose to see something different? What if I choose to see Nick as a dude with no freaking arms and legs on a surfboard? (laughs) He's surfing. The guy can swim. What if I look at him and I go, actually this guy is one of the most powerful motivational speakers in the world right now. One of the most effective. This is what he says, the only disability in life is a bad attitude, boom. What if I begin to see this guy as somebody who actually is a New York Times bestseller, toured in 52 different countries, addressed at seven governments, been on 60 Minutes, TLC, and Oprah, is a multimillionaire, owns two giant companies. What if I see him like that? And what if I begin to see him the way he sees himself I have the choice to be angry at God for what I don't have or to be thankful for what I do have. It's about what you choose to see. It's not what you have and what you've been dealt. This guy's got no arms and legs. He could look at his life all day long and be the biggest pity partier ever and all of us could feel sad and bad for the guy, but instead, he chose to use what he did have He's got a dynamic personality. The guy's a genius. He's amazing. I I cry every time I listen to this guy speak, pretty much. He impacts me. He's probably my favorite guy to listen to right now. I can't pronounce his name. (laughs) Sorry, guys, you're not alone, okay? It's not just you. He has a choice, you have a choice. If this dude with no arms and no legs, can see the good in life, and make something great out of his life. See, look at what he's got right now. What does he have? What's important to that man right there? That's his family. That's what he's got. That's what he put his eyes on. And now he's winning. He's succeeding. It's not because he has more than you. He started out with more than you. He started out with way less than every single person in this room. Probably, pretty much. What are you gonna choose Not just choose what you're gonna do, what are you gonna choose about what you're gonna see? What you don't have or what you do have. See, because what you need is you don't need a ton of stuff. If you wanna win, what do you need? You need a penny. Last week we're talking about the compound effect. You just need one penny to start. You need something. That's all you need to start. You don't need everything. That dude had a penny in life, and he made something out of it. And the next day, he made something out of it. And the next day, he made something out of it. And he brought a positive winning attitude to every single scenario he could possibly bring to. And look at him win. What are you doing? What are you choosing? So you have a choice. Your attitude affects your altitude. He says this. John Maxwell says this. It's kind of a cool thing to think about. How high you're gonna go is gonna really be determined by what you choose to see and how you choose to respond to what you see. So look at this. Abilities, the type of attitude, and the result. Let's look at this little chart. Maxwell created this chart, John Maxwell. And it's about abilities, attitudes, and results. The best abilities in the world Do not always produce great results. So we have great abilities, great talent, plus rotten attitudes equal bad teams. Anybody ever been on one of these? Yeah, I've gone to work too. I've been on some bad teams. Great talent, bad attitudes, not rotten ones, but bad ones, average teams. Great talent, average attitudes, good teams. Great talent, plus good attitudes, not even great ones, just good ones, great teams. You can flip this chart, and you can actually take great attitudes. So let's just let's take attitudes and we'll make them all awesome. And then you can begin to lower the standard of talent, but on the end of result, you still get good result. You never get to bad result, actually. Low talent, great attitudes, you can still have a good result. is that crazy? That's how powerful it is. So, what are you doing? (laughs) Now, this just comes back to not a big rah-rah thing. This comes back to you've got to get this around a tight circle in your life. Who are you? What choice are you making? What are you choosing to see? Because what you choose to see will affect how you feel, which will define your attitude, which will shape what you do and how you act and behave. And you could say this. I'll say, is an attitude easy to do or easy not to do? Have a good attitude? You'd be like, no. Last service I set them up and they all go, no. It's so hard to have a good attitude. I was like, no, you're wrong. Sorry, I corrected you all openly. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm not gonna do that to you. It's easy to do. It might feel really hard, but you don't have to, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not gonna have to lift a car. I'm not asking you to get a master's degree, right? You, you don't have to climb Mount Everest. You have to pour uh, 10,000 gallons of concrete and mix it up by hand. That's hard. (laughs) I'm just saying, choose. Uh, You have to choose. Is choosing hard? No, actually, that's an easy thing to do. And can everyone choose? Yeah. We all have the power to choose it. So let's look at this this model again. This is the power of the slight edge model out of Jeff Olson's book, the slight edge. Wow, can you believe that? Can you believe that? Easy to do, easy not to do. These are the things that separate the 5% that win and the 95% that don't. It's the little things. It's the penny. In fact, it's what you see. It's your philosophy. Okay, so watch this. My friend, he goes to the grocery store, and he's a on assignment, it's Thanksgiving, his wife sends him there, gives him the gigantic ridiculous list, he's like, okay, babe, I love you, so I'm doing it, he's been married a while, so he knows, he knows the story, right, so he gets in there, he gets the whole, you know, uh, list all organized, and he's there, it takes 10 times longer, because it's Thanksgiving, he gets through the line, and when he pulls out his wallet, credit card is missing, he's a super habitual guy, and he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my credit card's gone, it cannot be me, because I always put it back, and so he gets a little bit starts to get a little flustered and tweaking out a little bit and he's going why in the heck would my wife send me here and take my credit card when she knew I was here coming here to get all this stuff and she's thinking she wasted all this time you know he's thinking she wasted all my time and so he cools off and he goes okay I maybe I'm seeing this wrong so he slows down and he goes, before I'm going to allow my feelings and my attitude to tweak out and go south here, I'm going to call and ask to see if, something she, if she sees something different. Maybe I'm not seeing it quite right. Calls his wife. Hey, babe, I'm at the store. Don't have my credit card. I'm ready to check out. You know anything going on here? And she goes, oh, that's right. When you went to the movies the other day, you left your credit card at the movie theater. They called me. I went to pick it up for you. I do have it in my wallet. He goes, Oh, thanks. <laughs> Instead of raw, 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 why'd you take my thing? And I can't believe you would send me here and knock at this and blah blah blah, baby. What do you think? you're always taking my stuff and screwing out my things. where's my toothbrush, by the way? <laughs> 22 years, okay, Rogue. guy, I've been married 22 years, done this, lived it, got the t-shirt, my name's on the back, front, I got signed signatures all over it, I've signed it 100 times, okay, I've done this, and and then, at the end of doing all that, she goes, well, then fight back, right, attack back, because if you attack her, she's going to like go, oh, yeah, well, you're an idiot, because you left your stinking card at the movies, and You're the ding-dong, not me, you know? (laughs) Anybody ever been here before? Everybody had done this? Okay. So watch how, what he chose to see, because this is it. See, feel, act. All right? This is the see, feel, act progression. This is out of a book called uh, 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 Automatic Influence by Eric Van Elstein, okay? Automatic Influence. See, feel, act. It's in this power curve. What you choose to see affects how you feel. That's your attitude, right? That changes how you act, how you're going to respond. So I'm going I'm to lean in into space. Instead, I'm going to ask my wife, hey, babe, do you know anything that's going on? Before I allow my attitude and emotions to get out of control. And the she gives me the right perspective. And all of a sudden, I go, oh, actually, you're the hero. Thank you. I'll be home really soon to get that thing you rescued for me. Go home, give her a kiss, high five. That's all I ever do to my wife, just high fives. (laughs) Thanks, babe. Back off. And she saved him instead of messed him all up, right? Okay. How many times in your life are you struggling with your attitude because of what you see? And you think you see it right, but maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. So uh, Eric Van Alstyne, he teaches this in his book, and and he calls it perceptual intelligence. So increasing your IQ, basically, around what you see. And, and, And if you actually begin... To see like Christ sees, he says in Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. He considered himself nothing, and he went to the cross to die for you and I. He didn't see his position as something to grasp for. Instead, he looked to see at what God, what the Father had for him. It was more about how he could achieve the goal than it could be about his own individual role, right? And his attitude was positioned in humility rather than self-centered or self-serving. So if we begin to change what we look at and instead of looking at ourselves and what we get or what we can gain, instead we position ourselves in humility and we actually think maybe in humility I can't see it all. If you think you see it all right, you are going to always have a wrong attitude. Maybe it's 50-50 and the stuff you are right about, you might have a right attitude. But how do you know if you're really right? And if you're such a knucklehead, then you just decide I'm always right about everything because it's what I see and what I see is right. <laughs> if you believe that everything you see is right, you are in for a hard knock life. Right? oh my word, if we start to see the way Jesus saw, maybe in humility we go, I know I only see what I can see, and maybe what I see isn't even right, so I need to see what you see, I need to see what others see, and I need to include that into what I'm seeing now, and maybe that'll check the uh, change when I see that rightly according to the word of God, and what actually is really going on then I will be able to feel in a healthier way. I'll respond to my feelings in a healthier way and bring a healthier attitude all the time. Let's go back to the power curve uh, slide here. I want you to see this. If we do that, we begin to change our philosophy or our perception, what we see. We become more intelligent there. It shifts how we feel. And from that feeling place, we're having more aligned and healthier and more positive, focused attitude behaviors that come out of that attitude, right, that philosophy what we see, our attitude, our actions, and guess what, you're gonna start to get better results. Your teams are gonna win. You know the most important team in your life right now is the thing you call family, whether it be biological or spiritual. You need a healthy family around you. And if if it isn't biological, because that's a big disaster, yes, it's a church family, right? You need a family around you, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, kids, Spiritual kids, right? You have those things going on around you. Man, you're gonna start producing healthy results in your family nucleus. That starts to win. The church starts to win. Man, we all start to win. What if we do that all the time? Can you imagine if the collective attitude and perception of this entire church body went up by like 10%? 20%? What and we all start to continuously produce those kinds of results, healthy, positive results, over the next 10 years, we're gonna change the world. God made you to be the most powerful change agent on the planet, but you and I, we cannot step away from the small things. If we step away from the small things, decisions are not neutral. They're moving you towards success, and your dreams are away, nothing else. Where do you want to win, what do you want to see? If you're having a bad attitude and you're frustrated all the time, you need to go in and challenge what you're seeing in that space. Is it in your finances, your health, your business, personal development, relationships? Where are you struggling with your attitude? If you're struggling with your attitude, it's about what you're looking at. Are you a guy or a gal with no arms, no legs? But you're not on a surfboard. You need to get on a surfboard. Find your surfboard in life. What is it? So, you got no arms, no legs. Sorry. Find something you can do and get a positive attitude and perception about it and begin to win in that space. God wants to renew your mind, He wants to renew what you see, renew what you're thinking. But it starts with the penny. Let's go back to the penny. It starts with the one decision. What are you going to choose? It's got to be something small. So what can you choose today? What can you choose today that's going to shift a space that you're struggling in right now? I want you to think about that. What are you going to pick? What are you going to change? Easy to do? Easy not to do. Hebrews says this, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God has the power to shift this in your life. You've gotta bring him in here. You gotta bring him right into this space and you gotta ask him to start changing the way you think, changing the what you see. How many need to renew in your marriage? Come on, I need to see my spouse differently. They're coming home, oh, my husband, he just doesn't work out enough and he doesn't pray enough in front of the family and then he doesn't, you know, he doesn't even bathe every day. <laughs> it, rather than, and he always kicks his shoes off and they're muddy and I just clean up that spot. Rather than, man, my husband goes to work every day, brings home money and paycheck every day. And even if maybe he doesn't like to pray out loud because he's kind of quiet, but man, he's faithful. Been faithful 30 years. What is it? Man, you've got to change what you're looking at. What do you see? My miss the wife. You're like, walking, coming home. You're like, well, why isn't the dinner out? I was at work and you know we work in lots of two-income family stuff now and you're like, well I went to work too, you know. (laughs) Well why didn't you get that dinner on the table for me? Where's my foot rub, you know? Why are the kids look like their heads have been in the toilet all day? How come their pajamas are half and half for the last three days? You can't do that. You can't change their clothes. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, I did scrub and clean every toilet and change like six poopy diapers today. And I deep cleaned the kitchen, even though all the toys are out. It's actually clean and sanitary and nobody's going to get a disease today. Come on, ladies. You know what I'm talking about? You work all day and it looks like you did nothing when you got a bunch of kids running around. but what is it you choose to see man my wife is here faithfully loving my kids how awesome is that baby been so faithful how about I give you a back rub right Mm, all the ladies like that but it's about we choose to see it change how we feel how we act amen Just want to take a second right now. If you close your eyes with me for a moment, we're gonna make this personal and real. Look, we need change, we need transformation, you need a shift. You can't stay the same. You stay the same, it's super lame. (laughs) No pain, no gain. Stay the same. Super lame. Close your eyes. Keep your eyes closed. Just rhyming for fun. Alright, let's call on Jesus. He's the only one that can actually do something. We don't have the power to shift us. He has the power to shift everything. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Father of heaven, the beginner, uh, the creator of the, the, the heaven and the earth, you're the beginning and the end. God, I'm asking you to do something in me. I'm asking you to change what I see. I'm asking you to shift. My mindset today, God, I don't want to be the same. I don't want to think the same. I don't want to see the same. My problems that stink and are hard and difficult for me and my attitude that's struggling and giving me bad results, I'm asking you to change it right now. Help me to see what you see. Help me to see what you see in people, God. Come on, I want you to pray. Ask him, God, help me to see what you see in people. I want to see Him the way you see them. God, help me to see myself the way you see me fix the bad attitude I have about myself my wrong perception that I'm not valuable or loved God just wants to break that right now if you don't believe you're valuable or loved God wants to break that he says I love you you're my child I made you I thought about you I saw you in the garden when I bled and died I saw your face I willed you into existence you're mine I made you for a purpose I'm shifting the way you see you you're going to begin to see you the way i see you says the father god right now in jesus name god begin to transform minds transform hearts pour out your love in great measure right now holy spirit come pour out your love god we want to be different i pray right now every marriage in this place begin to see our spouses different begin to see our wives different our husbands different right now in jesus name god we begin to see the good fan of flame to the great fan of flame to the 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 budding and growing new things that are happening and god we just cast off the negative god and in jesus name we repent forgive us for focusing on the negative things in people's lives, and all the things they didn't do and the ways they didn't measure up and father i'm believing right now for this massive breakthrough in our marriages in jesus name and god for our children come on all the ways that i looked at my kids and i didn't see them for the treasure of who they are. I only saw all the ways that they were screwing up my life and making everything difficult and hard and all the fears of how they could turn out bad and wrong. God, will you forgive me for seeing them that way? And God, give me eyes like you have that you see the treasure in who they are. Will you shift the way I see today? And God, my attitude will just be so positive and and, and just on fire for the kids that you put in my life and the disciples that you put in my life, the people at my workplace, the job that you gave me, God. I begin to see those as blessings, begin to see those as treasures. Father, shift how I see. Change me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.